If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Right here, this is the official Nintendo seal of quality. It used to mean something, and I think it needs to come back. Um, Let me give you a brief introduction on what it actually meant. So back in 1983, the video game industry crashed. The reason it crashed is because companies like Atari that made video game consoles, they let anybody and everybody make whatever shovelware garbage that they wanted to, put it on the on the shelf, and uh, then retailers would sell that to customers. Customers would take it home, realize that it was a terrible experience and not fun at all, and then they would return it. So retailers eventually said, this is not worth the trouble. We're done carrying video games. This caused the video game crash of 1983. A lot of people blame E.T., which you know, is a horrible game, but is not nearly as bad as everybody says, especially considering it was made in, what, like five months by one guy? Anyway, moving on. Fast forward to 1985. Nintendo basically tricks retailers into carrying the Nintendo Entertainment System by disguising it as a toy thanks to Rob the Robot. Along with the Nintendo Entertainment System, they also have some games that you can play. And those games had the Nintendo Seal of Quality on it. What did the Nintendo Seal of Quality mean? Well, basically, it meant that Nintendo was not allowing uh, publishers to make more than five games a year. They were able to do this because they built into every cartridge, which only Nintendo had the ability to manufacture... The uh, this chip that would unlock the processor on the Nintendo Switch and allow it to run the code that was on the chips. Only Nintendo had that chip, and because only Nintendo had that chip, publishers had no choice but to say, all right, here's my game, Nintendo. Can we put it on your system? This allowed Nintendo to be the arbiter of what was on the system complete control. And because they had complete control, they could say, this game's garbage, get it out of here. Uh, This game's great, put it on. Now, in order to get around the five games per year uh, system that Nintendo had put into place, uh, publishers would break off and make smaller publishers, and that would allow them to make five games from this company and five games from this company, but they were both owned by the same publisher. But at the end of the day, Nintendo still had the ability to say, yes, this game can be on our system, or no, this game cannot. And that's where the Nintendo seal of quality came from. And Nintendo has always been really strict about what games it allows on their systems. 
you go to the Super Nintendo era, they wouldn't allow Mortal Kombat with the blood in. So, uh, you know, um, Midway, I think it was Midway, uh, Midway uh, had, or no, it was Acclaim. Acclaim had to change the color of the blood to white so that it looked like sweat coming off of the people as you beat the hell out of them uh, instead of the red blood. They had to get rid of the fatalities so that you couldn't uh, murder the person that you defeated. Of course, uh, this, you know, everybody knows all of this history, but it's just one more example of Nintendo controlling what games you could play on their system. This is a very important thing because it meant that you could you could go to the store and buy a game and say, all right, well, it's on the Nintendo. It, it should be a pretty good game for the most part. I'm, there were some stinkers. I guarantee it. Well, the Switch, I've complained about this many times. The Switch does not have the Nintendo seal of quality. And because of that, they are pretty much letting anything onto the Nintendo Switch eShop that that wants to get on there. It's kind of like the Wild West. Some might say that's the reason that the Nintendo Switch is such a success. And others might say it is a detriment to the system to no end. It felt like at the beginning with the eShop, there was some curation that was happening, but now it's the Wild West again. And anybody can do anything they want. Which brings us to why I'm talking about this. Nintendo has allowed a $10 calculator app onto the eShop. And I mean, look, it's who nobody is going to use their Nintendo Switch as a calculator. It's just a ridiculous idea. But it goes to show you that Nintendo is okay taking money from anybody at this point. They just don't care. They will allow you to put asset swaps. If you don't know what an asset swap is, I've talked about it on the show before, uh, but if you don't know what an asset swap is, basically there are games that you can buy which are, for all intents and purposes, designed for you to use the game to make another game. And... It comes with these assets, which when you buy the game, you then have the license to. And a lot of the times these ass, these uh, these games have like a demo game built in that you can use to see how does things work, how do things work in this game? Well, people will buy that game, then turn around and take the demo game and sell it. It happens all the time on on uh, um, uh, marketplaces like Steam. We've seen these on the Nintendo Switch eShop as well, where it's just uh, you somebody bought the game, turned around, and is now selling the same thing for five bucks on the eShop. We've seen people manipulating their price on the eShop in order to get onto the best seller list. And then they can increase their price and make a big profit. Now, Nintendo has addressed that, uh, but they have yet to really address the asset swap uh, issue. And now we have the calculator app issue. I almost don't want to call it the eShop anymore. It feels like I should call it an app store instead. And 
I mean, it's only a matter of time before we get this um, issue where it is a race to the bottom. You look at when iOS first brought out the App Store. They quickly had a race to the bottom for uh, price and quality. The, The games that you typically will find on iOS, for the most part, are kind of garbage. They're not really all that great. I'm not talking about Apple Arcade because those games are more curated. Those games have no microtransactions. Those are a pretty good experience for the most part, which is great. But I'm just talking about the games that you can either play for free or buy for 99 cents, and they show you ads, a whole bunch of ads. They uh, will make you pay to get rid of the ads, or they will sell you, you know, $20 for a thousand gems, which then they kind of try to obfuscate where your money is going when you're playing the game. This is the kind of thing that I'm not a fan of, and I feel like we are seeing the beginnings of that on the Nintendo Switch. And I think that for the, like, I think that that's a bad thing. I think that that is a bad thing. Somebody might say, well, all right, Bill, I mean, you can just not buy the calculator app. Is it really all that big of a deal? And you make a good point. You know, I can just ignore it. But it just makes the whole experience of using the Nintendo Switch feel cheapened in some way. And maybe it's much ado about nothing, because if I'm honest, I don't go looking around on the eShop for stuff. I tend to know what I want when I open up the eShop. I tend to go there with a specific game in mind, and I don't, like, just shop on there. I find out about a game from a press release or from Twitter or from some somebody in my community will say, hey, here's a cool game. So, like, that's how I find out about games. So maybe it's not that big of a deal. But it just feels slimy in a way, and I'm not a fan. So I, I do wish that Nintendo would do a little more curation of the eShop in order to get rid of the asset swaps, of the price manipulators, of the um, of the calculator apps, and instead bring back that Nintendo seal of quality. If you see it on there, then you know it's a good game. Does that mean that we would have less stuff on the Nintendo Switch? Yeah, probably. But at any point, I think there's like over 100 new releases a week on the Nintendo Switch eShop. We're not hurting for content. But it's getting harder and harder to weed through the the cruft in order to find the good stuff, the diamond in the rough. What do you th- think? Do you care that there's a calculator app? on the Nintendo Switch. If you're watching this on my YouTube channel, first off, do me a favor, click the thumbs up button, subscribe and click the bell so you get notified at each and every time that I post something new. Uh, but le- leave a comment down below and let me know, what do you think of the calculator app on the Nintendo Switch? Maybe I'm making a big deal out of nothing. If you're listening to the show uh, on your favorite podcast player, uh, then you can let me know what you think. Uh, I'm at Run Jump Stomp on Twitter. All right, let's talk about Donkey Kong. Um, 
Apparently, there's a new Donkey Kong game in development, and it's been in development since 2017 when the Switch first came out. Uh, Here's the quote. It says, development of the new Donkey Kong game purportedly began around 2017 or 2018 when Nintendo decided to bring Donkey Kong back internally for the first time since Nintendo's Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, although Jungle Beat was more of a stopgap than a permanent status quo. I've been led to believe, this is uh, the quote, this is not me. Uh, I've been led to believe that this is a new team that has been formed from other teams specifically for the purpose of creating Donkey Kong games. And sorry to disappoint, but I have no info on the 2D, 2.5D versus 3D debate. Exactly what kind of game this is has never been shared with me, except that it's a platformer of some sort. I've speculated that the absence of information from my sources might indicate it's some sort of hybrid, not exactly Donkey Kong Country, but not exactly a full 3D platformer either. But as it's just a hypothesis, not an actual leak from my sources, it probably won't have country branding as outside of some retro-tinged arcade memorabilia, Donkey Kong Country is the Donkey Kong brand now. I love the idea of a new Donkey Kong game. I mean, if you've listened to my content for any length of time, you've, you know that the first game that I remember playing is Donkey Kong. I loved playing Donkey Kong when I was a kid. It's one of the greatest games ever made. It is what launched Shigeru Miyamoto into the stratosphere, and it is what basically saved Nintendo. So I'm a huge fan of Donkey Kong, and I would love to see a new Donkey Kong game. I'm not sure about the 3D versus 2D. I mean, look, I think that Donkey Kong has seen a lot of success in the 2D arena and not so much success in the 3D arena. Does that mean that it can't happen? No, of course not. And look, there's been a lot of people excited for it. Remember when Mario Odyssey uh, was announced and we saw the city of New Donk City and everybody was like, what game are we looking at right now? And it had all of the Donkey Kong branding all over everything. That seemed really cool. Wouldn't it be awesome to get back to that as Donkey Kong? I think that that would be fantastic. Uh, Especially, I wonder if, you know, Donkey Kong always has to be the good guy. Maybe he is in New Donk City to kidnap Pauline. Like, maybe he's trying to make his way there and, and be the bad guy. I think that that would be cool as well. Here's my question to you. Would you prefer to have the new Donkey Kong game, which has apparently been in development for uh, four years now, uh, would you prefer that that game be a 2D game or a 3D game? I We've seen quite a few t- uh, 2D games in the Donkey Kong series. I feel like I would like to see what they would do with a 3D game in that uh f- in that 3D platforming genre, focusing on Donkey Kong. I think that that would be very cool. All right, the last thing that I want to talk about today is that I guess that there is a new 2D Metroid game that is finished with de- with development. They're done making this game. Uh, that's very exciting to me. Remember back in 2017, 
we got the Nintendo Switch uh, in March, and then in June at E3, Nintendo showed off Samus Returns on the 3DS, and they announced Metroid Prime 4. I always wanted Samus Returns on the Switch because as soon as the Switch came out, I was done with my 3DS. I, I just, I never use it anymore. The Switch is so much better of a system. And some people may disagree with me, and that's fine. Uh, but I don't, I'm not interested in playing as as much good press as um, Samus Returns got. I'm not interested in playing that on my 3DS. So I'm very excited about the idea of a new 2D Metroid game uh, coming to the Nintendo Switch. That is very exciting to me, and it is absolutely a day one purchase. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think that that's uh, fantastic news. Here's the quote. Uh, yes, a new 2D, day, 2D game from Mercury Stream 200% exists and is, in fact, done. All Nintendo needs to do at this point is announce it. Nintendo, and by extension Sakamoto internally, is extremely happy with how the title turned out. The only other thing I've heard recently is that the game is running a very smooth 60 frames per second. My hard read slash prediction is an announcement at their E3 Direct next month. And that makes perfect sense. If you did not know who Mercury Stream uh, is, they are the ones that made Metroid Samus Returns on the 3DS. So by all accounts, they did a fantastic bang-up job on that particular game. And so whatever they end up doing going forward is very interesting to me. I say this as somebody who did not play Samus Returns but heard nothing but fantastic things about it. What do you guys think? Are you excited for a 2D Metroid game on the Nintendo Switch, or are you simply holding out for Metroid Prime 4? Let me know on the YouTube channel in the comment section down below, or hit me up on Twitter at RunJumpStomp. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. If you want to hear more Nintendo news, make sure that you click on all of the buttons down below on my YouTube channel. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast and take it wherever you go, then head on over to your favorite podcast player and search for Nintendo Switchcraft today. I'll see you all next time. Thanks for watching. Stay awesome.